everybody to an episode of the Keepers of the Book. I'm your host, Miles, joined here with my co-host and forever, Jordan. And yes, sir. we are doing Way of Kings, chapter 13 through 17. We're just picking up, um, story-wise, right where we left off with mm-hmm. Dalinar. Oh, I mean, just freaking <laughs> becoming an anime character and taking on this chasm fiend. Yeah. I don't want to say solo, but what he did here was pretty sick. Right. I agree. Um, so let's just dive right into it, right? So right off the Brit, uh, bat, I love the way that they summon the blades, right? Like they hold out their hand and like the blades are materializing almost like, I don't want to say the word mist because of other Cosmere implications. Okay, but I'm just saying though, here. mist forms around the blade when it comes out. I'm just saying. Yeah, I know. It, I was like, when I read that, I was like, oh boy, Jordan's probably thinking the same thing I am. Um, and yeah, so these swords appear uh, and they're sharp blades remember so to my understanding there's only 10 sharp blades after the 10 heralds um there may be a little bit more i guess they were forged in the time of yeah. the audience weren't uh, they talking about the parshindi could possibly be on the track of or the alethi or parshindi at one point said that they could be on track on making a sharp blade because i know we see that they can make bows that have a similar like esque effects like i guess there could be more sharp blades made or is that just uh them propaganda like the propaganda behind the parshendi i don't know maybe you're right and not when you mentioned propaganda i never even thought about that right because if you want to push people to war you can just you know instill the fear of oh they have a weapon we need to go kill them now yes finish this weapon Yes. And we've never witnessed that in real life. That's never. Ever. Ever. Uh, this is total fish. <laughs> Oops. Uh, so, anyways, Dalinar's blade is named Oathbringer. And for those of you who know the names of the books in the series, Oathbringer is the title of the third book in Stormlight Archive. So, what? No way. Yeah. No, I'm totally kidding. But that's okay. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that sounded a little sarcastic, but I don't want to. Okay. That's what I get for being nice to you. Um, Typically. But, okay, here, okay, this is, um, I, I, I'm now more than convinced that, uh, what is this, what's the name of that sword in Warbreaker? Nightblood? Yeah, Nightblood. Yes. I am almost 100% convinced that Nightblood is a Shardblade because Oathbringer is described as, and I quote, eager. There's no, we've never seen yes. swords have personalities yes. other than Warbreaker. And, and we it, know that, what's it, so what crazy. was it Denth? Was it Denth? Denth. Yeah. Uh, that, no, Vasher. Vasher. We know that Vasher was a world hopper, right? Or Yes. Yeah. Well, he's a, yeah, he can jump between the perpendicularities or whatever it is. Yeah. So we know that he's a, you know, travels planets. Um, he's a mm-hmm. cosmonaut. Um, so <laughs> that's a good way to put it yeah so it, i'm almost like i will p- put um jordan's first born on a line i'm thinking um <laughs> or past that yeah that yeah it is definitely a sharp blade uh mm-hmm. nine blood that is but anyways back to the battle Adeline kind of gets knocked aside and then dalinar moves in and he like grabs both uh like two claws that the chasm fiend is attacking when he like gra- holds both of them mm-hmm. with bare hands bare hands and he's just like of course you know he's reinforced with shard plate 
but it is yeah whatever like it's impressive regardless i agree i agree Um, and adeline at this point starts slashing at all the legs uh which you know though when you when you have that big of a monster either you need some beefy thick boy legs or you need a lot of uh i guess medium-sized legs or you need old boy tactics yeah (laughs) um so yeah adeline slashes at the legs which uh the chasm fiend is not able to support his own weight anymore with the remaining legs that are left so it collapses and then elicar comes in and finishes the job (laughs) unveiling one of the biggest gem hearts i think that they've ever seen execution style yeah that finish him (laughs) i love the concept of the chasm fiend having gem hearts inside them um like a farmable material. Yeah. Like yeah. an MMO. It definitely seems like I could... Yeah, <laughs> and I was literally about to say that. It feels like an RPG game where you go kill a Chasm Fiend and then you get, you know, Gem Heart out of it. Which is freaking awesome. Yeah. So, <clears throat> chapter 14. This jumps back to Kaladin's and uh, Kaladin is trying to train Bridge 4, at which point they kind of just laugh at him. Which, in their defense, I would laugh at him too. <laughs> I mean, these dudes are just getting slaughtered. Right. Like, you want me, like, I only have possibly another day, maybe two max left to live. And you want me to waste my free time working out. Because he's carrying that big log back and forth, right? Yeah, yeah. So he, he's doing, like, a whole his whole Rocky routine. and Yeah. Because yeah, that's what's going to stop arrows. No, what's going to stop yeah, arrows is magic. I, I, obviously, we, yeah. Well, we, as a reader, understand that, you know, if you're... And especially you and me, because, you know, we were trained martial martial arts and relatively athletic. Um, I'm I'm getting fat, buddy. (laughs) It's not fat. It is skydiving. Um, This is true. If you're more, if your body is a little bit more prepared, then, you know, in dangerous situations, you're more likely to survive. We know that. But try telling slaves that, right? It's, It's not that simple. So I do understand the bridge for his reaction. Uh, so he trains himself anyways. And in the midst of this, he pays Gaz his share. But the, I, I love the distinction here. So can Gaz, you explain to me real quick before we start? He says sure. sphere, but what are the, what are the, I got to look it up. What are the amounts? Can you tell me off the top of your head? So I know Sapphire, I think, or sorry, no quartz or diamond. It, there is a white one. That's like, the lowest denomination. And yeah, I think it's, uh, what's it called? Gem, a gem oh, 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 diamonds, garnet, sapphire, ruby, emerald, right? Maybe. Is that what it is? I have no idea. I'm just reading this I, list. I know for a fact the emerald is the highest, and I'm pretty sure the. Oh, okay. I got it. Is the lowest. I got it. So a diamond clear, one diamond chip. Okay, so a mark is five diamond chips, a brom is 20 diamond chips. So an emerald, what? Values it. Okay, okay. Yeah. Brom is equal to four marks or twenty chips. A mark is equal to five chips, and a chip is one. So a chip is one, mark is five, and a brom is. So how many diamonds in an emerald? How many diamonds in an emerald? Twenty diamond chips. Make up one emerald. One emerald. So if you have a diamond brom, it only takes like 13? 
Wow, this exchange rate, you need to go ahead and look at it. And I wanted to ask this, and I wanted to bring this up because we never talked about it, but yet we've seen them exchange currency over and over again. I mean, I don't want you to look too far into it. I just wanted to know if you knew off the top. Because when you're reading, it's like, oh, he gave him one diamond chip. Okay, all right, that's fine. Is that just a one? And obviously we know that now. But, like, what if he gave him a ruby? What is that worth? Because I want to bring it all the way back down to how many is it, how yeah, many yeah. it is bring it down divisible to by one. No, yeah. I know what you mean, though. It is, uh, that's kind of cra- uh, that's kind of confusing. I thought it would be like, you know, five diamonds to a ruby. And then, you know, ten diamonds to a, sa- what's the one above ruby? Uh, to be honest with you, dude, the way they have it here is weird. It's like, oh. diamond, it's just a clear mark. Garnet, which is a blood mark. A ruby, which is a fire mark. And a sapphire, which is a sky mark, and then there's just an emerald mark. Or chip, or brom, I guess. Well, so that's, oh, it's just the size. It's the size of the spear. So a chip is 1.1 carat, a mark uh, is 0.5 carats, a brom is 2 carats. So you can have a 2 carat emerald, which is 1,000 diamond chips. This is, yeah, this got confusing quick. Uh, see? But regardless, he's getting paid the lowest mark, and only five of them. So what he does is, uh, this is Kaladin, by the way. Gaz was giving him four, and mm-hmm. then he ta- and Kaladin forcefully takes the one left, and then Gaz like kind of protests for begins to protest for a second, and mm-hmm. then Kaladin gives him that one back, and he's like, "What's the point of this?" And Kaladin, and I'm paraphrasing here. I don't know exactly what they said. I don't remember exactly what they said, I should say. And Kaladin says, um, I'm I'm giving you this. You're not yes. docking my pay. There is a difference. And the difference is how mentally he's going to perceive it moving forward. Right. He's, he's like putting in his head that like, hey, you think you're over me, but you're no, not. We're I'm equal. bribing you. Yes. You are not docking my pay. You're not taxing me. Right. right. So this is, uh, and I really like this. It was, it was, um. I don't know if it's going to have any ramifications later, but it was one of those small things that you kind of take heed to. Um, yeah, that's definitely going to. Um, it just adds a little bit more depth, I think, mm-hmm. to the relationship here. Um, so, anyways, like I said, he starts training in front of Bridge Four, and he's like going to his whole Rocky routine. And Sil uh, tells our Kaladin has Sil watch over him while he sleeps. Right. And but okay, so this is where I'm still not my current theory with the spren, including Sil, is that they are a part kind of like how the mist was a part of preservation. I think the spren are a part of whatever god is over Roshar. Um and Sil says that she learns the concept of lie, like lying. Um and yeah, I, I st- I don't understand why uh, Sil of all people or of all Spren, maybe it has, I'm sure it has something to do with Kaladin, but Sil is now sentient, I guess. So, like, obviously they're, they're pairs, right? They, they, the Spren can't be paired to another Spren. That wouldn't make any sense for our story. But a Spren can be paired to a human or whatever the race they are, whatever they consider themselves. Uh, uh, how do you know? Because no other, there's, there seems to be no other. Uh, character that has this not that's what i'm saying yasna that we know of yet maybe this is just the first step in showing us that maybe kaladin manifested 
um, the wind sprint because storm just something he did in war or we don't know yet. Obviously, I'm speculating, but like maybe Shalon, maybe when her sprint manifests, it's when she's drawing because they keep putting emphasis on the drawing or whatever she yeah. does. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, but I wonder why wind sprint for Kaladin. Yeah, but like I guess I guess you could go with a like. If somebody's like a murderer, they'd get a death sprint. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder Zero how they. Um, yeah, I wonder how they pick their host or their buddy almost. Yeah, that, and I wonder if he's not the first one or whatnot. But yeah, regardless, I'm definitely gonna keep an eye on that. Uh -huh. And she does bring up that she knows that Kaladin went down to the chasm to kill himself, which I remember I was like a little confused what his purpose was going down to the chasm. So this confirms it. Anyways, chapter 15. And boy, is this chapter an absolute chonker. Um, Adeline is annoyed with Elokar for being so dismissive about the dead. Like, you know, mm -hmm. like, oh, they were heroes and greeted into Valhalla or whatever. And uh, uh, Dalinar. Adeline is worried that Dalinar's respect is going to start kind of withering away again. Right. Because that's kind of what happens, right? You see something really cool happen, then time passes, and it kind of, like I said, withers away. It kind of slowly over time just leaves. Uh, you forget about the significance of what someone has done. Exactly. And, um. So Adeline is looking over the plains at the Prashendi camp, and he's thinking about attacking. Uh, but they can't because of the gem hearts. Like, they need to secure gem hearts because the gem hearts is what they use to fund their war. War effort. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make too much sense, does it? I mean... Yeah, I mean, it does in the sense that, like, you're... Back then, especially, like, medieval era, they would... When you would loot the cities and whatnot, that's how you would fund the war, right? The next, like, yeah, the next you, um, that you would get campaign villages would feed your soldiers there, mm -hmm. and it was cheaper, right? Because the food is right there, rather than having it shipped over, like yep. establishing supply lines, right? So food was there, and then any of the money that they would get was like kind of like their booty, their war booty that they would. Uh, but like a gym heart, payment. like the gym heart's fine. Like all of those supplies make sense, but like. This gym art pays for how much? Like, um, who do you who do you give the gym art to? Well, uh, if I remember correctly, it's like the high, it goes to the high princes, and then the high princes, like you know, they fund their warriors basically for an X amount of months. So, like one gem heart can fund a high prince's war camp for an X amount of months, depending. And that's on fine, months. but who's buying the gym hearts? Oh, um, I mean, you know, if they, it seems like they're traveling their whole war caravan, they're traveling with like shopkeepers and pharmacists and, um, supply people and whatnot and, huh? uh, entertainment tents, if you know what oh, I God. mean. Um, so when you're basically, you can, uh, basically divvy up the gem heart, you can give it to like maybe a banker that's traveling with you and then he gives it you know, gives you smaller denominations and then you give that to your soldiers and they can spend that money how they will. Similar to the bridge crew. To my understanding, Man, so that gem art has to be worth a lot of money then. Oh yeah. I mean, they said, right, that the one gem heart can fund 
for like a few amount of months. So I'm gonna keep out. I'm gonna keep an eye out to see how much soldiers are paid and how much things are paid yeah. out. Maybe you can do like a. This is what I love about Epic Fantasy, right? Because you can just sit there, just focusing on something like that, like the the economy of war. I don't know. I love that. It's it's just cool. Um, there was stuff about that in Wheel of Time as well, by the way. That when their war would start and it would cause a refugee crisis, and then this would, you know, boost the economy of a certain people that were bringing in the refugees and whatnot. It's really mm-hmm. cool. um, but regardless, um, Adeline. Uh, Dalinar notes that Alan has some colored hair from his mother, who Dalinar cannot remember at all. Like, and this it's not weird. like he's forgotten about her over time. It seems like this memory was just taken out of him. Yeah, I, I don't. This part, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't get at all. Um, maybe that's some really strong booze that. He, <laughs> I mean, wiped it, but I don't. Yeah, smoking some weird stuff. Yeah, it. And maybe I'm sure it has something to do with magic, or maybe he cast. uh, He had someone with a soul caster cast a spell that like told her, the soul caster that is to, you know, Mm -hmm. make me forget about my wife and whatnot. And but yeah, this is something. There, there's a storyline there for sure. There is definitely a plot thread. Um, but I, I just don't. I don't have enough information to piece together any prediction. I mean, really, we really can't right now. I mean, this this book's huge along with the rest of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's why I'm so excited. Um, and, okay, so they do talk about they're at war because of Gavilar's assassination, which we kind of already knew. But this is the weird part. The Prashendi never said why they killed him, but they did take credit. And I remember, I don't know if you remember, we, when we were talking about Zeth, the assassin, Yes. We just never, uh, we thought that it was a false flag attack. Like somebody else had paid Zeth to kill Gavilar and it wasn't the Prashendi at all, but somebody who wanted to keep the war between Prashendi and Alethi going. Um, but they did take, uh, what is it? Yeah, they did take credit for it. Now, the only thing I can think of is that the person who took credit for it does not actually represent the Prashendi as a whole. No. That you don't think that's the case? I th- I think it's all false flag. I think there's something at heart here. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking so too. Um, maybe someone manipulated a Prashendi loot ruler to have this happen. But again, the fact that they never said why, because they, there was a peace treaty. Remember, they were celebrating the end of the war. Right. And in but that I feel moment, like there, I, I feel like there's something more to it though that we're that we're that we don't know yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, like obviously we don't know how why it happened, but like I feel like there's a few more crumbs that he could give us to make an accurate assumption of exactly what happened or who did it. At least. I agree, but we're still early, so definitely gonna have to keep the, our ears to the ground for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sadius, uh, he has uh, he remember he's the other high prince that he's and a Gavilar he's, and Dalinar used to be really close friends, and then now he's kind of that, a turd. I actually really like his character a lot, and I like you how, do. Yeah, I do. I think it's um, it created a uh, a kind of a morally gray character who you can understand his motivations and where his anger comes from, but you don't necessarily agree with his methods. Yeah, I think not right. I think to make it, yeah, I don't know to make a true assumption. I need we need to know a little bit more about him. Yeah, you know. And it's what we tough have is because Dalinar's word and Dalinar yeah. respect him. 
and I love Dalinar, so therefore, any respectable man of Dalinar gets my respect. I just hope uh, Dalinar's not actually going crazy then. Yeah, I don't think he is, because that would be kind of a letdown with like the whole setup and everything. If it have to be. He is actually legitimately just insane. Um, but yeah, so Sadius has no problem sending Bridgman to their death, which Dalinar does not like at all. And he Dalinar, uses, what does he use? He uses the bridge cruise, right? Bridge four is under Sadius. No, I know I'm saying Dalinar uses like an animal, right? I don't know if he uses animal, but I think he does use his bridge crews are shielded. Oh, okay. So Dalinar believes how you achieve your goal matters. And this is not a very Alethi cultural way of thinking because the Alethi way of thinking is you get your goal. It doesn't matter how you win. You have won. The ultimate, like you, you as a human being are judged on if you won or not. And if you won... How you won does not matter, right? But uh, this is this is Dalinar's perspective, or um, yeah, it's different. It's it different because unique. of the what, how he's read and what happened to his brother. Yep, and he was like this before, to my understanding. But he his understanding did change after, like you said, his brother died. Right. So this was uh, this was cool to see. His Dalinar's character overall is just a tragic character. Um, but anyways, uh. Dalinar starts to fight from breaking out, and at this point, Wit shows up uh, and mm-hmm. something's Hadius, and for some reason, starts making Renarin look good. And I don't know if he's trying to make Renarin look good to make Sadius look bad, or if right. he just feels bad for Renarin. I, I don't know, but something was up. Who is this Wit guy? Okay, uh, you want to know my prediction? Yes. <laughs> That that pause, yes. Um, I think it's Hoyt. Did we ever talk about this? Talk about what? Who Wit is? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I don't think we've talked about who he is. We just know that Wit is a title, at least to my understanding. But I think Wit currently is uh, Hoyt. Aren't there people looking for that dude? Exactly. I really wish I knew more about this fellow. Yeah. Thing. So they never give a description, so that's why I'm always wondering because they never call Wit by his name. So I'm like, exactly. what does he have? Black hair, so, red hair? I and I have absolutely nothing to go off of on my um, assumption or my prediction at all. This is literally just throwing a name out there. Uh, and yeah, I do think Wit is Hoyt currently. Uh, it's not logical, but it is a prediction. Uh, Dalinar is later inspecting the strap on the king's horse because and at this point Adeline gets really annoyed because he's like dude he sees an assassin in every shadow we we can't keep doing this we can't keep looking at straps right on horses and but he does see something that looks like it was sliced open and mm-hmm. could be possible tampering Adeline thinks in uh, paranoia but he himself kind of looks at that slice and does kind of start thinking himself which right. It, I respect Adeline a lot because he has certain views about certain people, but he has so much respect for his father. And, and when he's presented with facts himself that he himself can't deny, um, he kind of... Mind. Yeah, he, he has an open mind. So I I like it. I like Adeline's character, even though like sometimes he can be kind of... I guess you can almost say honest with his dad, regardless of his dad's going crazy, Downer's going crazy or not. I think, he, you know, all things considering, he's an all-well-rounded 
you know, young man, the way that they perceive him, at least in the book so far. So there is one, th- yeah, I agree though. Um, but there is one thing that, uh, is brought up again, and this is Navani. Navani, to my understanding, is Gavilar's wife, and she disappeared. Her and Yasna, we had talked about this in the last section, had developed the, uh, uh, I'm just going to call it shard bow. I understand it's not shard plate and shard blade. Brand are, bow? We'll call it the long bow, the English long bow. Part two. Uh, yeah, part two. Yeah, so, but again, we don't know where Navani has gone, and this is the second time she's been brought up. Um, so both Gavilar's wife and Dalinar's oh, the Grand wife Bow. Sorry, kind of Grand Bow. Grand Bow. Yes, that's yeah, that's a good word. Um, but yeah, we both Gavilar and Dalinar's wife are kind of MIA. That's wait, Dalinar's wife. Right, because Dalinar's wife, remember he said that Dalinar's wife uh, has that particular hair color, which is where Adeline gets it from. Yeah. Um, and he couldn't remember who she was or what she's like. Oh, yeah, because he hasn't seen her in a while. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And, okay, so... And then, Adel- and then Gavilar's wife, Navani, we don't know where she's gone either. So... It's a little fishy, yeah. Both these brothers' wives are like MIA. Um Maybe they're both working for the Parshendi and they both disappeared. I don't know. Oh, wow. Good one. You just throw the working for the Parshendi in there? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just casual uh, treason, you know, casual treason. Uh, you made it sound pretty casual. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I, and, and I I didn't really think about it until you, until you just said something because you really don't hear much about their wives after this, you know. <clears throat> After he yeah. says something about it, you don't hear anything about the wives for a while, you know? I agree. Um, so, wow. but again, another <clears throat> thing that we're going to have to keep a note on and keep our eyes open to, like, kind of piecing together where they're at. But Dalinar uh, explains why he still respects Sadius. To, he's explaining this to Adeline, that is. And he said that Gavilar was big on the codes. Mm-hmm. And... The Alethi war codes, that is. And he said that during the night of the assassination, Sadius was a decoy. And if you remember when Seth was going in for the kill, he actually did see Sadius and he was running away and he almost did fall for it. Um, but so but Sadius didn't have shard plate on, did he? No, he did not. That's why he intentionally dressed up to look like the king. Like he all regal robes and everything like that. Yeah, so, so did Adeline... Adolin get or uh, Alucard did Alucard get his shard plate and shard? It, that's what it seems like, right? Like the okay. uh, the golden shard plate went to Alucard. Uh, but yeah, so Sadius was a decoy, and Dalinar uh, was drunk. So they both, in a way, failed Gavilar, and they both kind of blame each other, but they also blame themselves, both of them. I, I assume Sadius blames himself as well. Um, so you Sadius, think they could have taken Zeth? I think so, dude. Uh, you think they could have Gavilar, taken him? Dude, Gavilar almost killed Zeth himself, right? Could you imagine if Sadius was there? Or could you imagine if Dalinar was there? Dalinar the Blackthorn, the guy who everyone seems to fear and everyone always talks about as, like... I guess, man. greatest swordsman. I don't know. I put a lot of faith in Zeth. I like yeah. it. I like it. Yeah. 
I like him too, but I definitely think the fact that Gavilar almost killed him, I think Sadius, if Sadius or Gavilar or Dalinar were there, they definitely would have absolutely curb stomped. Um, all right, all right, all right, fine. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say this. I do think it is telling that they attacked when they knew, I think they knew Dalinar was going to be drunk. Mm-hmm. This was a timed attack. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, Did we ever figure out who um, like, who was the king of the, do we ever figure out the king, in these chapters I forgot, do we ever figure out the name of the king or queen of the Parshendi or No, whatever? not so far. Not so far. Okay, I was just wondering. And, no, no, you're good. Um, and Sadius thinks the way to protect Elokar is to wipe the Prashendi out. Right, because the Prashendi right. killed this one king. There's no, there's no, you know, assurance that they won't kill another. Um, right. Not exactly. I, I'm not. I'm not a proponent of genocide, but I do understand <laughs> where he's coming from. Oops. Uh, and Dalinar says that he's been listening to the Way of Kings audiobook, like Jordan himself here. Um, mm-hmm. Right? Because apparently they can't read, so it was read to them. Uh, so the Way of Kings is actually a book in the Way of Kings. Uh, and and they still can't figure out what Gavilar is referring to in his final words, which is something like, what was it? Uh Find the most important words a man can a man say. Can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. Do you have any ideas on what that means? I mean, the most important words a man can say. I don't know. I feel like it has to do with your wife, maybe, or. Okay. I don't know. Lost. Lo- yeah, I, 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 I never really thought really about it. I just kind of waited. I've. Uh, this is one of those early times in Sanderson books where you just left with so many questions and you're like, can I get at least a hint on where to go with these? And then later it becomes so obvious. Uh, and that's why I just can't wait to get these answers. Um, but yeah. Uh, and so Ga- uh, Gavlar. Dalinar himself also does not know what Gavlar is referring to here. So, and he's gone over the way of Kings and the Alethi codes and all this stuff nonstop. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, and others don't like the Way of Kings because of its association with the Lost Radiance. And I assume, I assume, um, remember in the prelude when Kalak and the other Radiance, they left their post? Right. I yeah. think it has something to do with that. That that's why that they don't like the Way of Kings, because of the association with the Lost Radiance. And the Lost Radiance are known as deserters, essentially. It, well, yeah, yeah. Right, so if that's the case, um, yeah, that's not that's not great. And if their king is reading that, then an Alethi culture, which seems very goal oriented and you must win and whatnot, uh, I imagine that leaving your post is not exactly favored in the Alethi culture. And also, it talked about dark eyes being higher stationed than light eyes. Now, I don't know if that necessarily means that Dark Eyes are actually superior or if they're just referencing that there were some Dark Eyes members of society that were ranked highly, essentially implying that at this time, the Dark Eyes and Light Eyes were um, equal members of society. Yeah, I'm thinking so. 
Yeah, I don't. I'm thinking that think was originally the thing. Yeah, I don't think it was dark eye superiority so much as equality between the dark and light eyes. Right. So chapter sixteen is a flashback, and this is Kaladin talking to his friend Lara, who is uh, a gold digger. I did not like her at all, and we will get to that in a second. <laughs> um, she asks, "Don't you want to become a light eyes and get a shard blade?" To which my question is, I don't think it works like that. Right. Uh, well, it might, like, but I don't think so. What? And ah, uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, can you steal it? Like, if they summon it, can you? Like, if you touch it, is that yours now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. Maybe you had to beat someone in a combat, not necessarily even kill. That seems more realistic. In and then, like, they have to bow it to you because you've won. Yeah, yeah. By law or something. Blade. Yeah. Like in Harry Potter where they have to make the contract yeah, with the seal? Yeah. Uh, well, not that. I was thinking more about Harry Potter oh. the wands thing. Oh, that too. Yeah. But anyways, um, Kaladin sees a group of his friends who all seem to be farmers. and okay, <laughs> Farmers? This, yeah. Uh, uh, and Okay, so this chapter kind of got me. And they say that uh, they're implying basically that Kaladin is not really a true Dark Eyes. Which... Uh, I've seen this a lot. Um, I've actually had a friend in high school uh, who was black, and there were a group of people that were like, of course, you know, that didn't like him because he was black. But then there were some black people that said that they didn't like him because he was too white. So it was one of those situations where, like, depending on who you talk to, he doesn't fit in anywhere. Um, right. Avatar, the James Cameron movie, was very similar. Um, this uh, J Sully. Jake Sully? I think so. I think so, yeah, something like that. Um, he's spending so much time with the Navi. Navi? Yeah. I was, I, I mean, almost said the Navu from Expanse. Oh, but God. He's been spending so much time with the Navi that he's feeling more in touch with them, but they themselves also don't exactly fully accept him as one of their own. So it's one of those situations where you're kind of an outcast on, from both groups, and this is what Kaladin is. And Kaladin's family is a second non, which it, it seems like uh, ranking system. This, yeah, ranking system, yeah, caste system almost. So, and so Laurel confirms that she's she does believe that anyone can become a light eyes as long as they uh, get shard blade, which I I still don't buy honestly. That they can make them. Yeah. No, that they can, uh, as long as you get a sharp blade, then all of a sudden you become a light eyes. I, I don't think mm. it works that way. Um, and Are the boys sure? start telling, I, I, I wrote this in my notes, as that the boys start telling their equivalent of, my uncle works for Nintendo. Yeah. Because, uh, they start know. making up their own stories. Yeah, dude. I, when I read this, I, I could not help but laugh. I was like, oh mm -hmm. my god. Little boys are the same everywhere, even in fictional stories. Um. So Jost and Cal start fighting. Cal loses, but he gets like a bloodthirst almost. Like he loves the feeling of being in battle. Um, and Jost, for some reason, is trained. And he, and at this point, Lara just leaves him. And this is what I was talking about, that she's a gold digger, that she liked Cal because he seemed higher level, but then whenever he lost a fight, she just left him. Yeah, she kind of just like, it was more like, a, yeah. Gold digger, I guess that's what you call him. Yeah, so I was like, all right, you're on my blacklist. 
unfaithful. Um, they have to meet later in life. For sure. Almost definitely. Can't wait to laugh at her. Uh, <laughs> and when he gets back home, his father tells him that the bright lord of the local city, Lara's father, has died. And not yeah. only has he died, he has paid money to Kaladin's family to go to uh, Harbranth, the city of Bells, to become a master surgeon. And, you know, that money was to pay for that travel and tuition and all that stuff. Right. Uh, which basically, in a way, kind of seals Kaladin's fate. Right? Like he can't do anything else. Yeah. Like when somebody else's dying wish is that and he's your bright lord for the city and he's paying for everything. It's kind of like you can't exactly say no, I, I imagine. Um, and Yeah, it seems like a I'm stuck type deal. Yeah, exactly. Which really I'm excited to see how he goes from going to a local, not well, not local, but a great uh, medical school to becoming a, you know, a foot soldier. Right. Um, chapter 17, Kaladin, and this is back in, you know, uh, current times. Kaladin goes to, I, I'm, I can't pronounce that word properly ever, so I'm just going to call it the pharmacy. And I love Apothecary? this. Is that how you pronounce it? Apothecary, yeah. Oh. Okay, that's a lot easier than I thought. So, uh, anyways, the old man there, he's pretending to be like this old, like, wizard-like dude. Clearly a scam artist. <laughs> and as soon as Such he... Such a jerk. That, yeah, I, I, I kind of loved slash hated this dude. Um, as soon as he realized that Kaladin knows what he's talking about when it comes to, uh, you know, mm -hmm. medicine and whatnot, he, Herbs. like, drops the act right away. <laughs> that was hilarious. Uh, and... The bridge crews are called upon to cross the chasms again. Cal takes front position at this point to inspire leadership. Uh, a good idea, buddy. Get shot right in the face. Yeah, it was a, that was a strange movement for most people to see. Um, and Tien, I think, was his brother's name, right? Calvin's yeah. brother was Tien. And he screams Tien names, and then all of a sudden he gets a surge of energy. For some reason, the Prashendi stopped firing for a few seconds as they're confused. Um, and Kaladin later tells Gaz that they won't leave any wounded behind. And when he tries to bribe him with a stone, this stone has no light in it. So my current theory, and I feel very strongly about this one, is that he drains Stormlight energy from this coin or gem. And he used that to surge whatever, I don't know, like, uh, I guess heal himself, give himself more physical attributes like... I don't know, burning tin and pewter, I guess. Uh, so you're saying Kaladin's doing this? Yes. I on accident? On accident, yes. And this is because of... Give me a few details. I, I kind of zoned out for like two seconds when you started talking about Kaladin's drinking the stormlight from the, the sphere. I think he's draining it from the sphere accidentally. Right. He knows what he's doing, but I think when he screamed at Tien's name, it's like the typical, you know, the anime, he felt a strong force of emotional Goku type energy. stuff. Yeah, and he just... Because when he gave that coin to... Um, I'm going to say coin and gemstone and whatnot interchangeably, for those of you listening. But when he gave that coin to Gas to bribe him, um, the the it was faded. Uh, and we know that these gemstones are basically stormlight, like from these high storms that are put into these gems, and then right. that's used as currency. So when they drain, he drained it for his magic. Um, 
Which he used. Which he used to, yeah, uh, like confuse the Prashendi long enough so that they can cross a bridge and whatnot. Right, so. and it's just I'm making sure we we're on the same page here. So like, do you think he confused him, or do you think like I think I think there was like a light that came off of him, and that kind of uh, gave the Prashendi a little bit of a pause. At which point he kind of got to do what he needed to do. And not only that, he saved a lot of people with his medicine skills, right? Like, okay. Yeah. Okay. We're good. Then that, that makes yeah. my, that was at first, the way I thought you were saying it was, is that like, he like, not like psychosis to them or something, but it was oh, more no, like no. A, a confusing, think, yeah. Yeah, they were confused. Like, that's a lot of energy coming off that one dude. And then it's like, wait, keep firing. We're at war. <laughs> <laughs> He's naked. Wait, we're at war. Keep firing. <laughs> But yeah, um, and, you know it's funny that I wonder what's gonna happen to Gaz before we end this off. What do you, do you think Gaz is gonna get it? <laughs> Homie is definitely dying. Full shizzles. That makes Full me sick. Shizzles, he is dying. Kind of like Gaz. He reminds me of an old like the old uh, janitor from Harry Potter, but like more war torn. That's what it reminds me of Gaz. Remember the janitor from uh, Harry Potter that had the cat? Oh, Filch. Yeah. Filch. Actually, that's a really good one. That's a good yep. one, actually. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I do have some things that I wanted to point out, and it, it didn't seem, uh, it didn't flow well with the actual chapter summary. So I'm just going to throw them in here. In chapter 15, and this is when they were talking about, that was a big old chonker chapter when they talked about Sadius being the chapter. Uh, I'm going to read this quote, and I'm going to talk about what, I, uh, what my point here was tiny near invisible spren were floating out of the beast's body vanishing into the air they look like tongues of smoke that might come off candles after being snuffed nobody knew what kind of spren they were you only saw them around their freshly killed body of great shells and sanderson here says himself that nobody knows what kind of spren they were but if we're talking about that spren are a manifestation of strong uh wind creating wind spren or strong emotions creating the emotional spren like fear spren or creativity spren like we saw off of shallan what is this spren that's coming off of only in great shells and not just that if you remember the prelude they is were it like writing... lust spren no but but these are spren that are coming off the dead bodies of the great shells like the chasm fiend right death spren I, I it could be Desperin, but why if it is Desperin, do why do we not see Desperin on anything other than the Great Shells? And I've looked at the pictures of um, Chasm Fiends, right? And I, I feel like they're similar in description as far as like shell like creatures to the Voidbringers. So is it possible the Voidbringers and remember Voidbringers are what the uh the Knights Radiant were fighting? We're fighting, yes. So is it that means that the void bring are these great shells like a uh, evolved form of those void bringers? And that's um, why they have that spe special spread because the void bringers were they were a specific thing, they pose a threat to the people of that time. The void bringer spread, yeah, or maybe I don't know. So that's just something that I wanted to keep an eye on moving forward. See, because we haven't really gotten a taste of the magic system besides death and even then we only got like very generalized actions and movements or not generalized though, specific i'm sorry say that again so like 
we saw some of the magic systems so far, right? And we have a kind of an idea of what goes on. Yeah. Kind of. But, like, we only see him use it and lose it. So he was able to use his abilities. We saw him suck in Stormlight. Obviously, we've seen a Shard Blade summoned. We've seen Shard Armor. Yeah. To this point. But nobody else has used the magic. Besides yeah, that. no, I agree with besides Seth. Yep. So... There's a, there's a lot of things lost, it seems like, to time. Um, right. And it's been, what, 10,000 years since? Um, the big, uh, then Since the prelude, the yeah. the Radiance, right? So it's been a long time. Sounds like, um, what, sounds like what goes on on Earth. Oops. Yeah. So uh, there's another thing to the... Uh, at this point, Adeline looks unsatisfied. at to the side, Adeline looked unsatisfied as if he'd really been hoping that Dalinar would summon his blade and confront Sedius. Dalinar's own blood felt hot, the thrill tempting him, but he shoved it down. No, not here, not now. Not while Elakar needed them. Um, it does seem to me that he really does care a lot about Elakar. Like, it's not just, oh, I'm just doing this to, you know pay back my brother. He, on a deep level, mm. does care a lot about his nephew. And I just, I, I thought that that was really cool to point out. Yeah. There is one final thing. This has happened in chapter 17 with Kaladin uh, during one of their bridge runs. One of the guys that he needed uh, that got injured, his name was Gattle. And when he's dying, he's spitting up blood. He's coughing. And he says, they break the land itself. They want it. But in their rage, they will destroy it like the jealous man burns his rich things rather than let them be taken by his enemies. They come. Do you, I don't know if you've been paying attention at all to the, uh, the epigraphs. Epilogues? Yeah. yeah. The, epigraphs. It seemed like they kind of changed uh, source. Yeah. But the first handful of them were all coming from what seemed like a history book. And they all referenced people like the few died. seconds before their death. That they yes. quoted something. This seems like another guy. So I'm guessing those first few epigraphs that were quoting people and they sound like from a history book sounds like the accounts of a god because only a god could know what all of these people said right before they died. Unless it's like somebody like Kaladin who he heard this guy saying this right before he died and he added it to the, I don't know, this database of words right. said right before someone's death. Um, but yeah. And that, that makes sense because. Because when it switches over, it doesn't sound like a god anymore. Yeah. It sounds like a man. I agree. So, um, yeah, this is uh, this quote right here. I have no idea what it means, but it is talking about an incoming doom. I Maybe something to do with the Everstorm that, oh boy, uh, oh boy, uh, that, what's his face? Did you say old oh boy again? Do I really have to go, we have to go over this again? Yeah. I can't help it. Um, that Dalinar talked about, right? Like he, he in his mind, he keeps getting those hallucinations or those um, words in his mind talking about the Everstorm. So I wonder if that's what this right. guy was warning about. So again, more stuff to think about, more prophecies and whatnot, more mysteries, more unanswered questions, more stuff. Just the I way we like more. it. Yeah. I honestly, I can't get enough of this stuff. Part of me doesn't it, like finishing these books simply because I like keeping the mystery up for a bit, you know? And, you know, it's even, I mean, I just think 
once we start to I think once we finish this first book, I think we'll have a lot more to talk about going into the second book because we'll be able to expand hopefully on the magic system, um, the relationships a little bit. Because right now, really, this first book for us is just putting the pieces together. So that'll about do it from us for that episode. So next time we'll be covering Way of Kings, chapters 18 to 23. Um, Well, thank you. Until next time. Thank you, everyone. See you.